Hey feminist friends and welcome to Real Feminism, the podcast where we discuss films from an intersectional feminist perspective. Today I have two co-hosts. I'm joined by Amon and Hepig. Hey! And we're going to talk about Clueless today, but before we do that, how is everybody? Very good, very good. I am now COVID-free after eight days of isolation. So I'm super excited. I biked to work today. It was lovely. I biked through a very sunny, warm London, surrounded by people and sun, and it was great. I felt like you were in like a, a musical or something. Yeah. They were like lining the streets, applauding. Like, yes, Hedwig. Yes. And I was like, I am COVID free. It's great. <laughs> it was really nice in London today. It was very sunny and mild. Very sunny and mild. It was lovely. Sunny and mild. How are you, Amon? Yeah, I'm good. I have entered a powerlifting competition. <gasps> yes. I remember you saying. Yes. So it's official. It's in May. Oh, my Maybe God. that's when we should go and visit you. Oh, no, it's in Salisbury, so I won't be here. Oh, but wow. you can- <laughs> oh my God, are you going to, like, lift Stonehenge? <laughs> no. <laughs> is that in Salisbury? It's in a gym in Salisbury. Not but Stonehenge in- is where Salisbury is, right? Yeah, 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 yeah. Okay, just checking I didn't sound like an idiot. No, the no, idea no, of no. you lifting Stonehenge is stupid. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I'm not that strong yet. I'm not that strong yet. This is just a, a novice. Novice competition, so yeah, that's happening. Oh, that's so cool! Well done. But I'm loving the training, so it's really cool. I'm quite jealous of your training, actually. It looks fun. It looks painful, but it looks fun in the videos. Sometimes it's easier. It's it's painful to begin with, but then you get used to it. So, like yesterday, I think the video that was on Instagram, I was deadlifting seventy kg, but which is not that's not heavy. I've lifted heavier, Mm. but because it's a pause it's not a heavy weight but yeah so i'll be doing the deadlift the the squat which i've got up to 70 kg now so i'm basically right. lifting myself it's crazy i know it and then crazy. bench press our bench presses aren't that impressive we're only 30 kg still very cool though it's so impressive it's just because of like everything that's happened in lockdown just need something don't you to focus on and get out there with mm. yeah i'm trying to think of what i've done <laughs> i've read a lot of books um <laughs> should we talk about the film Mm. we are going to talk about clueless today which came out in 1995 it was directed and written by a woman which i was not expecting amy heckling oh someone called twink kaplan was the associate producer which is a great name she is a woman i think from the pictures also the woman maybe i'm wrong now but who plays um, miss geist i think yeah you're 100 correct she is indeed miss geist and then it was edited by a woman as well the film deborah chiati i was very surprised i wasn't expecting that you can tell because it's quite a good film last week i think i said I'd started watching it and it stopped because I didn't enjoy it. But I think I must have gone back and finished it because I recognised the whole thing. So I must have watched it all before. Oh, I don't know how to describe this film because I don't really understand what it's about. <laughs> does anyone does anyone else want to have a go at describing it? <laughs> I don't understand what it is about. I think it's about a middle class white, no, upper class white girl that is very privileged and she thinks she has every all the knowledge in the world and she thinks that everyone lives as she does with a computer where you can program your daily outfits and uh, a walk-in closet or it's not even a walk-in closet it's basically a 
robotic clothing that brings the clo- clothes she chooses on oh, the yeah. crazy and then I think it's about her realizing she wants to do good she takes on people like projects and she wants to reshape them and make good by doing that and then she falls in love and that's it I think it's like a coming of age story, isn't it? Yeah, and the fact that she's had to hear a no, she's never heard no before. Wait, who says no to her? Her driving license, she fails it. Oh, yeah. And then also Christian rejects her because he's, well, we assume he's gay. Okay, cool. So thank you very much for that because I was like, I don't really, I don't really know. That makes more sense now you've explained it though. Now you know what you watched. Now I know what I watched. <laughs> so we have Cher as the main character. Ty uh, is a new start at the school who Cher sort of takes on as a project to make over. We have, I guess those are the main two. There's like Amber, which is another classmate, and Miss Geist, who's a teacher who is again a project of Cher's. And then on the intersectional side, we have Dion or Dee, who's Cher's best friend. We have Murray, Dion's boyfriend and then I wrote so because I didn't know who any of the characters were I wrote down people like Lawrence who I think is Murray's friend who speaks once in the film and he's shaving Murray's head Mm. so there's also Lawrence and then it took me ages to find this but there's Summer who's played by a Korean-born actress so it passes both the female and intersectional backdoor test. Wouldn't it? You know, the, was it, what's his name? Is it Alex, the guy that she goes on a date with that we assume he's gay? I thought it was Christian, but that could oh, be a lie. Sorry. Oh, yeah, he should be in there as well, shouldn't he? I think because I wrote that list before I'd watched the film. Okay, yeah. And But yeah, you're right. Yeah, Christian, who we assume is gay. Yeah, so the female backdoor test, um, right at the start, Cher and Dee are discussing fashion. It's a lot of fashion, the fashion conversations. <laughs> it's a lot of fashion conversations. I love the fashion. It's so <laughs> I really like the music. Mm, the, mu- the soundtrack is so good as well. And also, I feel like a lot of the fashion is currently in at the moment, because I think when I first watched Clueless, I was like, yeah. what the fuck is everyone wearing? And now I was like, oh, this is like very current. Yeah. Like the tiny handbags and like yeah. all of that, yes. Yeah, so and even like the flared trousers and yeah. 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 And then the intersectional uh, Dee and Murray um, have an argument about that he's like insulting her hair. Or she's like, oh, I found this like off-cut braid on the floor. And he was like, I just assumed that was from your gross head or something like that. I don't know. But um, they weren't talking about white people. So I, it passed both of those very quickly. Mm. I was quite taken aback. I wasn't expecting much from this film. Yeah. I was thinking about that too for a film being made 95. It is quite progressive, like in terms of the cast. Like you have both yeah, intersectional characters and also, I guess, no, she's not that woke, I guess. <laughs> I remember this movie as a lot more progressive than it actually was. Like now when I rewatched it, I was like, no. Um, yeah, but how old were you when you watched it first? Yeah, that's what I mean. Like it's probably also the times that have changed. So yeah, it's... it's. I think when the film was made, like, there was like other programs like Sister Sister and there things like that. There was much more representation. Mm. So it just felt normal. Mm. It didn't feel odd. Like, whereas I feel like it's obviously for the movies that we've like done and newer movies, sometimes there's just no representation of any intersectional characters. Oh my God, yeah, the 80s was a huge whitewash. But even after that, even in the 2000s, like, yeah, you know, 2000s, because there were so many films I'm like, oh, we should do this for the podcast. And then I'm like, 
they're all white. Mm. Even like something like Love Actually, the only like black guy in there was the husband. Yeah, you're right. So and that's it. Yeah, true. I did really like Dion's hair in this because she's got braids, so they're not trying to like make her hair be sort of white lady hair but I also like that it was it was very playful like she would often have like flowers or ribbons in the braids and it changed quite a lot throughout the film and I really enjoyed that that was what I had to say about Dee's hair (laughs) I mean I love her looks in general she just has such crazy outfits with like her massive hats and like big skirts and yeah it's Oh, yeah, the outfit she wore at the party was cool. Yeah, super cool. I suppose what is nice is that she's like, um, she's also as rich as Cher. Yeah. Yeah, I thought that too. And also, something I noticed is Stacey Dash, the woman who plays it. She's so pretty. Mm. At the start of the film, where Cher is driving and she's like driving without a license and he's like bashing into things, and it's like, oops. At the time, I was like, I think she can only get away with that because she's white. But then later, Dee's driving. And I think she also not got her license and is also like driving really badly. And I was like, oh, okay, interesting. So maybe that's a class thing then that they both have. Or maybe it's just a fun part of the film. I don't know. I don't think it was trying to be anything. Was it just two teenagers learning to drive? Mad that they're allowed to drive without with just a permit, though, and no one in the car. Oh, unless because I think her dad says to her, from now on, you have to have someone in the car. Mm. But I'm sure, at least in the UK, if you have a learner's... Yeah, you can't drive independently. No. But in America, you also get your licence, like, at school, don't you? So, yeah. I don't know. It was a funny, well, not funny moment, but um, it was a bit later on with Ty's being mean to share because she hasn't got a licence. And I was like, oh, I'm nearly 30. I still don't have a licence. <laughs> still not quite achieved that goal. Where do we want to start with talking about this film? Because I still don't know if I like it. Why don't you like it? That'd be a good place to start. I think I enjoyed it more than I thought I would, but it also felt a bit all over the place. Like I couldn't quite work out what it was meant to be about. Because I was like, is it like is it meant to be a love story between her and Josh? But then that only really becomes a thing nearer the end of the film. Is it about her finding a I just couldn't work out what it was about yeah I feel like yeah the narrative is a bit strange because I also remembered it I think I maybe mix it up with Mean Girls because Mm. I remembered it as being more like you know feminist and it's like it's not they're not getting with like they dump all their boyfriends and like and Dion and Cher just you know they're like it's like a girl power film but then now when I watched it I was like what the fuck like no that's not at all what it is also how how, like one thing I thought about a lot as well is that how infantilizing like Cher is with her like it's just something that I was just a bit grossed out about with her and Josh relationship because he seems so much older than her in a way as well and she's just so small I don't know it's, it's like a weird I think it's also because you see her in one second walking into her dad and being like hey daddy here's some food or whatever and then she like walks out and makes out with I don't know it was just that was weird though because it is her stepbrother and I know they're not married and they made it very clear that the parents aren't married but it's still odd isn't it like I wonder how old Josh is as well exactly what I was gonna say I, I was trying to work out how old he was gonna be because she's 16 and I was like 
it feels like because he talks about you know starting his studies becoming a lawyer and stuff I was like he must be at least like 20 yeah. I don't know it just weirded me out a bit I did love that depiction of college girls versus high school girls <laughs> and that he's in the car with a college girl and they're talking about like serious political stuff and she's dressed like in a cool college muted colors way and I was I was just giggling because now I've been to university I was like I it's not at all what yeah no definitely but I guess it's like it's about like her journey so yeah cover sort of her own privilege in a way I don't feel like she really because I, I was trying to get because there were a lot of bits in the film where she'd be like, right, I'm going to get those two teachers together so that this guy will be happier so I can get my grades better. <laughs> yeah. So that seems to take up part of the film. And then that's done and they kind of disappear. And then she's like, Ty's here. Now I'm going to do, I'm going to take Ty under my wing and make Ty popular. And then Ty's now fine. And she's like, well, maybe I need to get a boyfriend. And I didn't feel like by the end of it, she'd really learned much about privilege or doing like nice things for any reason other than herself Mm. I don't know I didn't really feel like she transformed much by the end of the film yeah I mean she obviously hadn't learned much about privilege because she's trying to gather donations for some kind of relief effort and she's taking like some skis and her dad's like I don't think they're gonna need skis and she's like oh my god daddy they might have they've lost everything including their exercise equipment or whatever she says so I was like, I think, so she hasn't learned by the end of it that there are people alive who are not like her, who in the first place would not have been able to afford skis because they can't afford to go on skiing holidays or whatever. This is why it just makes sense that guy likes her, Josh. Yeah, I know. Because he's really smart. And like, I get she's kind of trying to figure things out a bit and she tries to help out with some of the lawyer stuff for her dad. I think the film is really about her naivety. Yeah. Yeah. And it's just watching her, like, it doesn't need to make sense. It's just a film about this girl that thinks that she can fix everything because she's rich. Mm. Do you think it might be a bit satirical? Yeah, yeah, maybe. It feels like it's a film written in irony. Yeah. Because when she's speaking, there are lots of moments where I was almost rolling my eyes. And then I was like, oh, no, I think this is all just a big joke. I think the writers are aware that she's really annoying and she obviously doesn't like understand like even when she's held up at gunpoint she's like no I can't lie on my front my dress I'll ruin it he's like I don't care (laughs) I will shoot you in the head you know in that scene I was actually expecting her to like not give in Mm. because she's quite tenacious yeah I I love that her dad doesn't really care about what grade she got but he does care about like her arguing with her teachers in order to get good grades or like he's proud of her because she managed to negotiate a better grade and I was like that's quite nice because that feels like better life skills I mean it's also feels like a reflection of people being rich and powerful in society getting things they don't necessarily deserve because she did not deserve a good mark in her debates because she was just like when I had a dinner party this happened and that's how it relates to Haiti and the refugees (laughs) oh i found it very weird the way she was with her dad that she was essentially her dad's mum and not her dad's daughter or wife in some weird way yes or wife yeah because she was always talking to him about his cholesterol being high and how he needed to drink his juice and he couldn't eat certain foods and I was like you're only 16 I don't know why I do that with my dad you're not 16 though that's true and I, I don't know whether because she's also a single child 
because like Josh isn't getting involved in any of that like maybe if it was like all of the siblings being like dad come on you've got to eat properly whereas Josh doesn't care I know he's not there all the time. But do you think that was them showing that she cares? Yeah, maybe. Yeah, I don't know. It's a strange one, this one. But I think, I think, yeah, I think definitely it's like very cynical and satirical, the whole thing. Also, I read that it's based, loosely based on Emma, the book by Jane Austen. Wasn't this one of the films like 10 Things I Hate About You that was based on... Exactly. We talked about that, didn't we? Yeah. Uh, in terms of themes. And I think that is also satirical. You are correct. It says on IMDb, which knows all, that the plot, characters, themes and values are all based on Jane Austen's novel, Emma. Yeah. Amy Heckling was asked by Paramount to write a film for teenagers and she instantly remembered the novel she read as a teenager. Well... Who knew? I thought it was going to be based on something like, not Hamlet, obviously, but you know how 10 Things I Hate About You is like The Taming of the Shrew or something like that. Mm. I thought it was going to be another Shakespeare thing, but obviously not. <laughs> no, I, yeah, when I read that, it makes me wanted to watch the new film, Emma, you know? About... Yeah, it's on Netflix at the moment as well. Is it? Mm. Yeah, it's been added over the last month, maybe. Oh, I need to add that to my list. How it compares to this in terms of also like the story arc and like the narrative arc, if it's like a similar sort of journey of the main character wanting to do good or I don't know, and then suddenly realizing that they want to fall in love. <laughs> there were some lines in the film that I was quite taken aback by in a good way. Um, like there was one moment where I think Murray says to Dion. Street slang is an increasingly valid form of expression. Most feminine pronouns do have mocking, but necess- but not necessarily misogynistic undertones. Yeah, yeah. I was like, oh. <laughs> and I don't think I've ever heard a film say pronouns before and use pronouns as a term. True. So that really shocked me. Um, I mean, also, I think, because I think it's because Dion had said, how many times have I asked you not to call me woman? Yeah, yeah. And that's when he's like, well, actually, did you know? <laughs> So that was quite surprising. I was also surprised that Cher... So Cher's trying to set Ty up with a guy called Elton and it turns out he's interested in her and says he's going to drive her home. And then, like, keeps trying to kiss her as she's, like, pushing him away and is clearly not interested and says no to him. And then later on she says the night turned into a royal mess, sexually harassed and robbed. And I was like, oh, it's interesting that they said that was sexual harassment. Mm. because I don't think a lot of films address that. No, because they normalise that behaviour, don't they? They would just say that's a boy being a boy and lad yeah. behaviour. So it's good that they labelled it. Yeah, I was really surprised. I think particularly for a teen movie in the 90s mm. to be like, oh, that what just happened in the car, that was sexual harassment, and that's not okay. Yeah. Also, one thing that annoyed me that I was thinking of is, I guess if you look at body image like body wise mm. they all are very slim but I think that's also the 90s like I feel like everyone but they kept making reference to how fat they are or um how much they've eaten because at one point she said she's had two like coffees or thing and she's I'm gonna Ralph so why are you gonna be sick if you had two coffees oh yeah and she's like five M&Ms yeah but again I was like I don't know whether that's mocking the diet culture of the time I don't know. It's hard to tell with this film, I, I feel like. Yeah. Because even when she was having lunch, she was like, is that fat-free? They're always focusing on uh, weight. The one thing that she did say, which I was also really surprised by, was, you know when she said she's riding the crimson wave when she told her to <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> 
I thought that was quite funny, but also, yes, like good on the film talking about periods with a male teacher. Yeah, I enjoyed that too. Um, and I like that he was like, I'm going to assume that means women's problems. I'm fine. You're exempt from being late to the class. <laughs> so one thing I thought about, even though there was a lot of things that was surprising in a good way, one thing I thought about that it hasn't really kept up well is that they use the R word quite a lot when they talk about people with disabilities or was referring to maybe not necessarily people with disabilities, but yeah, they use it as a slur. Mm. I feel like that wouldn't really happen in like if, a similar film would be produced today. I don't think it would. That wouldn't really pass. No. Whilst I think with dieting and when they talk about their weight and stuff, I feel like that is satirical or like it is like like uh, it's. It feels like that's a comment to you know the crazy diet culture and and uh, like the size zero ideal, blah blah blah, all of that. Whilst I feel like this wasn't. This was just something that none, no one had reflected over. It was like cursing or mm. you know, it was like something that wasn't really reflected upon no because a lot of films that we've watched like um uh legally blonde mm. use words like that quite a lot yeah. um, i feel like there was another one as well and i was like uh. it's still quite common i was talking yeah. to the other day and they said it and i had to kind of say it's not okay yeah people do still mention it in conversation yeah i uh, yeah because i think so many people aren't aware about aren't aware about disabilities and also the way people with disabilities experience life and experience sort of prejudice against them and hate language against them I think it's not really something that's talked about in the same way that maybe racism or sexism is yeah yeah it's not really not that obviously people have stopped using racism or sexism in language but it doesn't seem to have seeped down into the consciousness of people people just don't seem aware but I haven't noticed it in films recently, so that's nice. No, because with the job that I do, I looked at but on the government website, it does say not to use it. Mm. So it is on the not to use list. I feel like with like the R word and words like that, they need to do something um, a bit like what they did in 2008, the Think Before You Speak campaign. So the idea behind that was getting people to think before saying something like, oh, that's so gay or... Because I, I know for me at school, we used to do that all the time. Um, and I remember seeing the advert and it did make me think like, because I think the advert was basically saying, by saying something is so gay, in air quotes, you're saying, you're using gay to mean bad. Mm-hmm. And that's not what being gay is. And it, I can't remember, I can picture the advert in my head, but I can't remember exactly how they did it. But it was really clever because it did make you think about language at least for me in a way I'd never thought about it before because it was just words that people used and I think this might be something similar where it's something that's been said throughout people's lives Mm -hmm. and they've not been forced to look at the context behind what that word means and where it comes from and why it's upsetting to people yeah yeah I mean it stuck with me since 2008 it says it was just the United States online but I remember seeing it Oh, I really, um, can you send that to me? Because I, I really want to tweet about that, actually. Okay, I'll send the, it's, I've just looked at the Wikipedia article, Think Before You Speak campaign. So I don't know whether they did something different in the UK, but that's what I remember, is the whole message of the campaign is about getting mm-hmm. people to think before they say. So a lot of the videos are like, that's so gamer guy who has more video games than friends, rather than just saying, that's so gay. 
that so cheerleader who like can't like say smart stuff and then there is like some posters saying things like I don't say that's so gay because sexual orientation should not be mocked or reappropriated as derogatory terms hmm. talking about derogatory words for people who are gay um, should we talk about the bit where Murray tells Cher that Christian is gay? Because we never actually hear Christian say, oh, by the way, I'm gay. Mm. So I'm not interested in you sexually. I was also thinking about this because obviously Sheer is very openly attracted to him. Like she tries to flirt with him. She dresses very like sexy and she's like inviting him for, I don't know, a movie night. And she tries. Oh, to and then she like head. tries to rub her feet on his feet and it's like, yeah. feet are cold. He just puts her <laughs> I feel I'm over them. Exactly. I was like, oh my god, if that were me, I'd be mortified. Yeah, but then I'm also like, I wonder what would ha- like if someone didn't tell her he's gay, like would she just kept like how would he would he That's... have handled that situation? Would he wanted to tell her that himself or? Well, he did say, didn't he? I really like you. We are friends. True. We're we're good friends, aren't we? Yeah. I think, I wonder whether he just assumed, oh. She must know. We're just oh. hanging out and we're friends until that night. I think he then suddenly realises and it's like, I've got to go. But also all the things that she was doing to pretend that she had a boyfriend to attract him. Maybe he just thought she had a boyfriend. You know, she was like sending herself flowers and chocolates and all of that to trap him maybe he was just like oh right yeah great yeah maybe <laughs> perfect yeah <laughs> i don't need to worry about this lady but they did allude to it don't they in the bar when he's buying drinks i mm. actually thought i remember josh outing christian to Cher. i thought it was josh who was being like you're so stupid but yeah they do because Cher's like oh he's so good look he's turning that woman away and then he's chatting to the barman loads and in hindsight you're like mm. Mm. <laughs> I like though that they didn't make it very like he was well dressed and I think Dee makes a comment later on where she's like oh he does like to shop and he knows how to dress but I don't feel like they made him in air quotes like really gay in a way that people assume gay people behave if that makes sense so I suppose that because obviously they describe him as a cake boy which we've just recently found out looking at urban dictionary dictionary that means metrosexual that he that could just be what he is metrosexual they don't really refer to sexual orientation no although i did enjoy murray's whole thing because it's like are you bitches blind or something your man christian is a cake boy he's a disco dancing oscar wilde reading streisand ticket holder friend of dorothy i had to pause and rewind quite a lot to get that whole thing (laughs) written down and part of that did make me laugh just the idea that if you're gay, like you like disco dancing, that, that felt very stereotypical, but not in a hateful way, if that makes sense. Because like a friend of Dorothy is something they'll say on Drag Race quite a lot. So mm. it didn't feel like he could have said, you know, some the term for a bundle of sticks or something like that. I feel like I don't know how okay Cake Boy is. It reminds me yeah. of when, the way they phrased it in Stardust. And maybe I'm completely wrong for anyone who is gay who was like, actually, this is deeply offensive. But I felt like that was played in a bit more of a funny way and didn't seem as offensive because they weren't using those horrible slurs. And I just love the idea that he was like, he dances to disco. He's gay. <laughs> yeah. Although I wonder whether I was like, is he just assuming that though? Or does everyone, like, is Christian open about it? Yeah, this is 
thing I don't yeah this is the thing I don't know but then I was also like if he's like openly flirting with guys I think he I my impression was then that he just assumed that Cher would know that he's gay because he was you know oh I'm gonna stay hang around with these guys you know after the party and stuff yeah because if you were on a date with a girl you wouldn't do that no exactly I think he is also a bit <laughs> clueless though because doesn't he get her to give her him a kiss on the cheek before he leaves yeah and I was like don't want to say he's leading her on but I think just before that moment I think he realized oh she's interested in having sex with me or at least like being physical with me and I'm not so I better leave right now and make my excuses and I was like why are you then saying to her or give me a kiss on the cheek before I go yeah but uh, no, but some people just kiss on the cheek don't they like you've got friends that you kiss on the cheek you're definitely not gonna have sex with them no but I think if I'd got a sense that they were interested in having sex with me when I left I probably wouldn't be like give mm. me a cheek we're great friends aren't we kiss my cheek I don't know I was just like you probably could have read that room a bit better mm. or like again if he is openly gay could he not have said to her oh I think you might have misread this situation I'm actually gay and I think you're beautiful and want to be your friend but this is not what I want I wonder if he did that quick exit to like not embarrass her yeah oh maybe that like out of care because I mean obviously you could have just also said I'm not interested in you know relationship but I think also she maybe he also saw how much she had put into that whole situation and realized like oh shit this is was her intentions and then he was like I'm just gonna head off bye I also loved it when she was saying what movies he brought around and that she was saying he really loved this particular actor I know it's like really obvious but she is just clueless. Yeah. Oh. And also, I suppose it's quite nice that they don't, he doesn't label himself or they're mm. not insisting on him outing himself. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah, that's true. Speaking of share and sexy times, um, I one of the other things I really liked about this film is when they discuss how Cher's a virgin um, and Ty sort of says like oh, you're a virgin and she was like why do you say that like it's a bad thing mm. and I liked that it wasn't I know Ty is really mean to her later on and says to her like why am I listening to you anyway you're a virgin and you've got no driver's license <laughs> <laughs> I also love that that is like the worst thing she could say to her <laughs> and then Cher's like way harsh Ty yeah. Like that is very harsh. It's so mean. But other than that, like when she's telling, like they're discussing it as friends and they're not in an argument, they're not like, lol, you're still a virgin, lol, lol, lol. But it's it's okay. And also, it's quite nice that there's a main character who's a woman who is like, yeah, I'm a virgin and it's not an issue. Yeah, yeah, like she properly owns it, doesn't she? And she's yeah. okay with that. Yeah. But also the other way around that it's not commented on the two other girls that have a lot of sex like it's not like they're like oh you're such a fucking slut whatever they just like you know have that and it sort of goes uncommented I think everyone just is really sort of respectful of their of each other's like intimate life yeah because it makes me think of a moment where Shia is saying to Ty that Dee is dating a college boy and Dee's like yeah Shia's really picky with boys or something and she was like I just think it's a choice that every girl has to make for yourself like whether you're going to date a college boy or a high school boy 
And I was like, oh, again, that's interesting that she's like, no, I've made my choice. I'm sticking to it. And that's fine. And although Dee's teasing her a bit, she's not like, what is wrong with you? Exactly. Yeah, no, definitely. Oh, I'll tell you what I didn't like is when Christian arrives to take Cher out and Cher comes downstairs. Josh sees her and is like, ooh, she looks pretty. And then he says to the dad, you're not letting her go out like that, are you? I was like, Josh, come on. That's because he was jealous though, wasn't he? I know. And then I just find it like creepy and I I don't like that. But that's the whole thing with their relationship as well. I just find it a weird like power balance because he's like, for me, he's so much older than her, even though maybe he's not supposed to be that much older than her. But I just get He could be 18 to be fair. If he's in his first year of uni and he went straight after school, I was 18 in my first year. But the thing is, though, it's just that it came out of nowhere. Like one one minute he's like <laughs> highlighting the paper, and the next minute he's like, "Oh, hello," you know, like it's just really weird. Yeah, yeah. And then he's saying to the dad, "Like, oh, shall I go to the party? I'll watch her for you." But then so the dad wants it to happen because he's smiling. The dad seems quite okay, surprisingly. Like one of the things I really liked about the dad is at the start of the film where he says to. I think Cher's like, why have we even got Josh around? You're not even married to his mom anymore. And he's like, you divorce wives, not children. Mm. I was like, oh, that's so nice. And he's like, no, Josh is still my son. Yeah. I I just divorced his mother. It's like, oh, that's so nice. Yeah. Yeah, that's sweet. Um, I mean, don't like that Cher says that their uh, maid is terrified of him. Oh yeah. Oh, but also that's also one thing that I thought about. Like when she's commenting on her maid. Oh, what what is she saying? Oh yeah, I'm not. I don't. I don't speak Mexican. Oh uh, yeah. Oh. Lucy, you know that I don't speak Mexican. I'm not a Mexican. But that must be satirical. Like that comp. That must be like just. No, I think that her. could actually happen, though, couldn't it? Yeah. Yeah, because then Josh is like, she's from El Salvador. Yeah. But again, I don't know whether that's playing into the stupid rich white girl. Yeah. Because isn't she like, that's the same thing or something like that? Isn't that basically the same? Yeah, I can't remember what her response is, but yeah, it was just, yeah. I think the trouble with this film is now that we're talking about it, a lot of me is like, oh, I think this whole thing is satirical. Like, I don't think that bit was meant to be offensive. I think it's meant to be, she's such an idiot. Yeah. But I think you have to know that ahead of time to get it otherwise you're going to take it literally yeah I was just going to say because I think because the title is about her being clueless and it's taking the piss out of her isn't it yeah like you said you only get that now when you're reflecting on it not when you switch it on but is it also I think it's also something about because she's not she's a character you sympathize with for a bit like because she's charming and she's she's not like a villain type of character she's not mean it's not like a mean girls you know type of situation where you would like not like the person and I think that's where it's also clashes a bit in my head where you're supposed to sympathize with this character but then she's like this spoiled brat that lives that is super privileged and lives inside her bubble and then she doesn't do like a massive journey like as a character, as you say, Joel, like she still wants to give away her skis because someone has lost their all their athletic leisure. So yeah, I don't know. Maybe that is the clash. And it's like it's yeah. I don't know. 
I think maybe that's why I, the first time I watched this, which was only a few years ago, I didn't watch it in the 90s for whatever reason. Um, I wonder if that's why I stopped because I didn't get that it was meant to be satirical. I was just like, why do people like this film? She's so annoying. Mm. And this is not how women actually are. Meh. That's probably mm. the way I reacted when I first watched this. Mm. Yeah. Oh, there are a couple of bits I wrote down with Ty and the way they show her and her thing with Elton. Because again, oh. I'm like, that must be satirical because, oh my God, she goes a little bit wild <laughs> when all that happened was they danced. <laughs> and she's like, like, Sharon, I think it's time that I burn his things. I was like, I think even Sharon's like, what? What do you mean his mementos? I don't understand. And then she starts crying in the restaurant when their song plays. I was like, oh. Oh god. Oh, yeah. <laughs> oh but then also part of me's like, oh, I do remember being a teenage girl and really over dramatizing stuff with boys though, and really overthinking every little thing. Yeah. So maybe it's not so, so over the top. Um I also oh, felt sad when they say to Ty that Elton isn't interested in her and she's like, it's my hips, isn't it? Oh yeah. I was like, oh no, it's okay. It's not your hips. It's fine. I'm trying to find an article. I'm sure I came across it where they're like, actually, Ty is actually autistic. Oh. And um, how they portray autism in movies and they try and fix you. But it did make me think about actually if that's the case or not. Because mm. obviously, this is just someone's opinion piece, but I thought it was an interesting yeah. concept. I wonder then also, because I think when we talk about the R word, I think it's Ty who's talking about herself. Yeah. Yeah, I think you're right. I don't know enough about autism to be able to pick out if Ty has any autistic traits or not. Because I was watching yesterday thinking, has she? But then it's so, that obviously it's a spectrum, isn't it? Neurodivergent, such a spectrum. So where it might not be autism, it might be, say, Asperger's or something on the spectrum. Mm. And also, who's to say that that's not okay? I don't know. But I just saw the, I just saw it and I'm really trying to find it because I thought it'd be a really interesting read. Yeah. Yeah, that would be an interesting read. Because they were, they refer to other characters like, like in Mean Girls, Lindsay Lohan's character. Oh, and she's all that, that there was, if you're quiet and introverted and like on um, maybe neurodivergent, what what is this obsession with trying to bring you out of your shell, trying right. to fix you up and um, make you beautiful in their in their eyes? Yeah, because yeah, throughout the whole film as well, Ty really likes Travis, and they both think that each each of them is really cool. And also, yeah. I was like, I think I think Travis is really cool because he's a bit of a gross boy, but he's also just being him. Yeah, and. Yeah. And I think eventually Cher's like, oh, actually, he's quite motivated. Maybe he is good enough for Ty, which is not her decision to make. Also, they're like 16. Yeah, also they are like 16. But doesn't Elton make a comment where he says, oh, yeah, me and Ty would never work. And Cher's like, you're such a snob. So I wondered whether that was like a class thing of like, oh, I couldn't, I have to be with someone as rich as me on the same like social platform as me I think so because then in that same scene I think he also says but you know who my dad is we would be like a perfect match yeah he's referring to like you know his background and his money and her money and yeah 
all of that stuff. Isn't it wild that you'd write someone off based on their social standing or their parents' financial situation? Yeah. That it's not like, oh, no, I don't find her attractive. It's like, no, it couldn't work because of who my dad is. Yeah. God, Elton was such a prick. Such a dick. And the other bit I wrote down is Ty saying college girls wear less makeup on their face and that's why guys like them. And I think that's when she's trying to get Josh to like her, maybe. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Oh, I did also, the the teacher, the debate teacher, there's a weird moment where Travis, I think it is, gets a really low grade and he tries to jump out of the classroom window and the teacher's like, oh, can we save the suicide attempts or can the suicide oh, yeah. wait until blah, blah, blah. I was like, oh, no, don't joke about that. But also, I was like, are you on the ground floor? Not to, like, be like, you're not trying hard enough because if someone feels suicidal that's awful obviously but I was like I, I mean if he jumped out the window he'd be okay I don't think you need to, he would be I, I didn't understand the whole thing <laughs> yeah I also don't know if he was serious I don't know he didn't seem like somebody cared about grades so I don't know why yeah. for that one moment he was like no I feel like this is sort of this is like a red thread throughout the whole, this whole film you constantly question what's serious and what's like satire so should we try and rate the film so i don't know what to do about that yeah yeah okay let's take the intersectional side first because it's normally slightly easier i mean i guess it's mostly like di and murray um, yeah their interactions maybe it's like a two yeah i think that's yeah i think two is fair because it does pass the intersectional bechdel test we have got a character in there who we we're assuming is gay it is kind of frustrating that, well, I was going to say it's kind of frustrating that so many of the background characters are white, but then I don't know if because they're all really rich, but then Ty's not rich. Whether they're trying to be like, well, it's you'd get more white people at a really rich LA school. I don't know. Um, but yeah, I think two's okay. Yeah. And then what about the ladies, the female? A three? Yeah, probably. Uh, I don't know because it's like they're taking the piss out of it all. But but then but then to be fair, it's still a positive film in terms of the characters are feminine and they don't give a shit and they are who they are. So mm. like from that perspective, they're not pandering to any guys, are they? And it's not a it's not a film made for guys. It's a film made for girls. Yeah, I think if you. I wonder how many guys watching this would do the same thing that I did, where it would just go over their heads and they'd be like, why do people enjoy this film about a city girl? Well, Tom was laughing at, Tom was laughing at it more than I was yesterday. <laughs> Fair enough. <laughs> um, um, yeah. So I think if you take away, take out the, like, what is this film, just focus on the characters, I think it does do quite well. Mm. Yeah. Um, because like she doesn't pander to that guy you know when he's whatever his name was the one that tried to kiss her in the car oh Elton yeah yeah you know like she went she chased after Christian yeah she does have a lot of agency in the film yeah so do we think more than a three I think I think three is probably fair yeah Yeah, I think so too well I love how we there is no real criteria for this it's just on the feeling of what feels right (laughs) (laughs) 
I feel like three feels right. Yeah. Okay. Even the other characters, like Ty, she's a strong character. You know, she comes out into her own. She doesn't give a shit. Yeah, it's true. Okay, so five out of ten overall. That's better than I thought before I watched this, to be fair. So Clueless gets five out of ten. That is not too bad, Amy Heckling. Good for you. Well done. Um, if you want to let us know what you think about Clueless, whether, like me, you didn't get it until you sat down and did the podcast and worked it out and now you understand it and think it's very funny, then let us know. You can find us on Facebook and Instagram at Real Feminism. That's Real spelled R-E-E-L. I want to say thank you to Sandra for the music you hear at the beginning and end of this podcast. And a thank you to Lee for doing all the producing and editing and artwork. And a thank you to my co-host, Hedvig and Armin. Woohoo! Thank you. I was completely <laughs> forgot what to do then. <laughs> That's fine. I think I said them all in the wrong order as well. But, you know, it's fine. Um, and a thank you to me for being here today and for watching Clueless, even though I was very sceptical about what I was going to be watching. <laughs> but I still did it. We'll be back in your ears in a month's time where we'll be discussing The Holiday. <laughs>